Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of It Starts With Attraction. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing ItStartsWithAttraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to ItStartsWithAttraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. This week on It Starts With Attraction. Well, Happy New Year. We're excited that you are listening to this episode of It Starts With Attraction. On today's episode, we're talking all about routines. And there's no better time to start creating routines than at the start of a new year. Let's dive in. There's a process to falling in love, and it starts with attraction. Join Kimberly Beam Holmes and her special guests as they discuss how to become the most attractive you can be, physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, or as we refer to it, working on your pies. We'll teach you how to have better relationships and become more attractive to others, and maybe more importantly, to yourself. It starts with attraction, and it starts now. For me, a routine allows me to create a life that I love, and it is the number one way that I work on my pies on a daily basis. Now, if you're new to this podcast and you're saying, what in the world are the pies, then be sure you go and listen to episode one, where I explain all about the pies, but very shortly here, pies stand for the four types of attraction physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. And so for me, my daily routine is that foundation that I have that allows me to work on becoming the best that I can be and the most attractive that I can be. My routine is so important to me, and you're going to hear how it has evolved over the past decade. So what I'm going to share with you today, I did not just come up with and implement overnight. This has literally been 10 years in the making. So don't be overwhelmed when you hear it. I'm going to share with you first how it started and how I evolved into this. And then I'm going to share with you what my current daily routine is only to give you inspiration. But hear this first. The point of a routine is not just to do things because you feel like you should or because you heard your best friend talk about it or someone on the internet or, goodness, even me talk about it. The point of a routine is for you to be intentional, selective, and mindful of the things that matter most to you. Now, if you need help on understanding what that is and how you can set your intentions and goals that you want to have for your life, then be sure to go and listen to episode 38, where I talk about how to set and reach your pies goals. I go way more into depth about it there. But in this episode, we're talking about routines. Routines are more than goals. They are about how you want to live your life. And yes, the routines that you set up in your day-to-day life can definitely affect whether or not you're able to hit those goals that you want to hit. But even more than that, routines allow you to construct what is important to you and more importantly, omit from your life what is not important to you. You can think of routines kind of like your daily and weekly and monthly calendar of your internal wants and needs. You're going to plan the things to do that are important to you, that that are such a priority that you're going to put them on your internal calendar, your routine, and the things that aren't important to you shouldn't take up time in your calendar. We only have 24 hours in our day. 
On the positive side of that is we have 24 hours in our day. And I think what you will find is when you aren't focused spending so much on your time of the things you don't want to do. Yes, there's going to have to be some of those. We can't eliminate all the things we don't want to do. But when you're more intentional about really getting rid of those things that are draining you and not fulfilling you and focusing even more on the things that are very fulfilling and that you want to be a priority in your life, you will find much more satisfaction. I was listening to a conversation on a podcast a couple of days ago with a an author named Greg McEwen, and he's written a book called Essentialism. And it's really interesting hearing him talk about how even just the word priority, it, it means just one thing. It wasn't until the past 50 or 60 years that that word even became plural to where we started to say priorities. Because by its definition, you can't have more than one priority. There should only be one. What is that one thing you want to do? But with our lives, the way they are now, we have been so pushed and pulled into so many directions that we're trying to make all of these things work. And we are the hamster on the proverbial ever-spinning wheel that feels like we're overworked, overburdened, burnt out, and don't have enough time to do the things we want to do. A lot of it really comes down to making the hard decisions of saying no and only doing the things and allowing the things in your life that you want to be a part of it. Routines help us do that. They help us create a system into our calendar, into our days and our weeks and our months where we can say no because we have a preset commitment. That'll make a little bit more sense as we talk about it, but let's dive in. When I first started really getting into working on my pies and wanting to become the best that I could be, it was actually when I started dating my husband. And I started with working out. This became the very first thing. I mean, nothing else. I wasn't focused on nutrition. I didn't even really know that much about nutrition at that time. All I knew was my husband was in the army and he worked out all the time and I wanted to be able to compete with him. It wasn't even because I wanted to lose weight or look better. It was because if he was going to be able to run two miles and do 100 push-ups and 100 sit-ups for his PT test, I wanted to be able to do it too. So I started going to a gym. I started going to the Y and I I started working out. And after doing it for a period of time, I loved it. And so it became something that started to become part of my daily routine. Now, over the years, what I have done for workouts have changed. The time of day that I have worked out has changed. But one thing I learned early on was that working out was important to me. I liked the way it made me feel. I liked the way it helped me think clearer and reduce my stress. And so I made it a priority that every day I was going to block time for that. So whatever that looked like, when I was in college, it looked like me going to classes, Zumba classes, boot camp classes, that type of thing. When my husband and I lived in Korea, I really got into CrossFit. And even after I moved back to the States for a little while, um, which I did until it completely wore me out. And then I got into yoga. And so a lot of that, my time that I would dedicate to that routine was dictated by the schedule, the schedule of those classes or, or wherever I was going for yoga or whatever that might be, because that was the nature of what I was doing. Over the past three years, 
My husband and I have gotten a garage gym. And so now I'm able to set that time based on what I want to do when I want to do it, which I have loved. Now, a lot of people really love going to the classes and having that community aspect of it, which is great. I say go for it. But the point of it is that when I started, I kind of started with a routine that was preset because I was going to have to show up at the gym when that class happened. And I believe that held me accountable until that really became a habit, really became a routine because the point of habits and routines. So the difference is that habits are things we do on a daily basis without, without really having to think about it. It comes second nature, but a habit can be something like brushing your teeth. It's a one-off action that we do so consistently that we don't even really have to think about it. Routines are more of a combination of habits. They are a series of things that I do, whether on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis. A Sabbath for the Jewish community is a routine. It's not just a habit. It's more than one thing. It's one day a week that they have set out, set apart in order to do things differently. Therefore, it's a routine. It could be also be called a ritual. That might be a word that you think about using instead of routine. The rituals that you want to implement in your life, the routines, the habits, what those are, can will differ based on what is important to you and how you want your daily life to be. I've said that a couple of times now, but I want you to hear that personal part of it. You have to be the one to set this up. So when I first started, it was simple. And then once I got into that habit of going to the gym, doing that as part of my routine, then I was able to add some more things in. I started adding in more about nutrition. I had friends at that time who were really into nutrition, introduced me to a bunch of different books. And I I originally got started with the paleo diet. Um, and so I, I learned from there, right? And I also, at that time, I was in school. So I had graduated from my bachelor's. I started my master's. And so school became part of my daily routine. So all of these things were based on commitments I had made, things that were important to me, things that mattered, but all of it has evolved over time to what my current daily routine is. So let me go ahead and share what that is with you. We show what is important to us with our time and with our money. And our time, I believe, is even more precious than our money. You can always make more money. You can never make more time unless you get rid of doing things that you shouldn't or don't want to be doing. That's one way. That's the only way I can think of that you can really make more of your time. But even then, you're just being more efficient with it. You're not making more of it. We all only have those 24 hours in the day. And so think of how you want to spend that time. Even just now, if you want to pause the podcast or even take the next couple of seconds to think about what are the most important things to me that I want to be sure I do on a daily basis? Is it that I want to spend time with my family? Is it that I want to spend time reading? Is it that I want to make sure that I eat really good meals or that I work out every day? But I would encourage you Again, I talk about this in episode 38. I encourage you to really think about why those things are important to you. Because working out just to work out isn't very inspiring. (laughs) And if that is your reason to do it, if you don't have a stronger why behind why that is important to you, you're probably not going to stick with it long term. And therefore, it's going to be hard to make it a habit, much less a routine that you get into. 
The most important thing that guides my routine every single day is stress reduction. Why? Because I know that I am a more attractive person to be around and I'm more attentive to my husband and to my children and I am less irritable and more patient and more joyful and all the things when I am not stressed. I already know that I have a higher propensity than other people to be stressed out for many different reasons, physiological and psychological. And so when I am stressed out, you don't want to be around me. No one wants to, I don't want to be around me. It is not a place I want to be. And so I have developed this routine over 10 years, honestly, to reduce my stress because I know that's how I am at my best. The number one tool that I use to combat my stress is sleep. So my routine begins at 6.30 p.m. the night before. Because at 6.30 p.m. is when I finish dinner with my family. That's when I turn off the kitchen, close it up. I don't let any more food enter my body because I know that I need my digestive system to rest for two to three hours so that I can have a better night's sleep. I'm focused on that sleep. So 6.30, done with dinner. We're putting the dishes in the dishwasher. That's something I always do every night as well. I, I'm My thing in my house is dishwasher. I love the dishes. I love putting all the dishes in the dishwasher, unloading the dishwasher. I'm going to load that dishwasher every single night, start it if it's full, then I'm going to start it. And that after that is when we are able to really start unwinding for our evening. So from 6.30 until 7, we're spending time with the kids, reading to them, just really spend quality time with my children right before we get them ready for bed at 7 p.m. My kids go to bed at 7. We do the whole bedtime routine with them, reading books, putting them in bed, hugs and kisses. And then from 7, 7.15, once the kids are really in bed and ready to go, 7.15 to 8 o'clock is time for my husband and I to do something fun together. So typically, we're going to watch something on TV, a funny show. Maybe we watch parts of long movies like The Lord of the Rings, is something we've been taking in spurts recently. But we're doing something to kind of start calming our minds and get us ready for bed. And then from eight to nine, we have started reading in bed. So shutting off those TVs, shutting off any screen. I'm also turning off my phone. I'm really trying to turn off my phone at six o'clock now and leave it to where I'm not looking at it. I'm not distracted by it. And then from eight to nine, we just have low lights on in our bedroom because again, that's going to help sleep. We have turned the air down in our house. We have a chili pad on our mattress that's set to be at my side is at 64 degrees. So I'm starting to cool down. I'm doing everything I can to get ready for sleep. I have a weighted blanket, all the things. I do all the things. I might even journal, but I'm going to be reading or journaling or even reading a magazine in that hour before I go to bed to really start calming my mind down. And then at 9 p.m., it's lights out. And from 9 to 6 a.m., maybe even 6.30 a.m., I am allowing myself to be in bed. I don't have any screens in my bedroom. I've gone through terrible weeks of insomnia because I'll wake up, I'll look at the clock, I'll see it's 1.30 a.m. and I will lose my mind anxious about getting sleep. So I just don't even let the screens in the bedroom. If I wake up, I don't know what time it is. I do some deep breathing to calm me down and get back to sleep. And I'm allowing myself to be in bed for nine hours. 
Now, notice I didn't say I'm going to sleep for eight hours because typically what happens is we say I'm going to get eight hours of sleep and then we only allow ourselves to be in bed for eight hours. But in reality, you're getting less sleep than the time you've allotted in bed. So I recently got an aura ring. I've had it for about two months now. And this ring, it I wear it and I can see how much sleep I got. So how restless I was at night, the times I woke up, and how much sleep I actually got compared to the time I was in bed. And I know from my personal sleep data that I'm going to get an hour less of sleep than the time I am in bed. So I need to allow myself to be in bed for nine hours and then know I'm probably going to get about eight hours of sleep from that. So around 6 or 6.30, depending on the season that we're in, if it's summer and it gets brighter earlier, I'm going to wake up earlier. If it's summer or if it's winter and it gets you know light way late, then I might sleep a little longer, but I'm going to get out of bed. And from 6.30 to 7, I am getting my coffee ready and I'm doing my Bible study. Why? Why do I choose to do that? I love the taste of coffee. I love the routine of drinking coffee. I can't drink fully caffeinated coffee. It makes me too anxious, but I it's something that just really grounds me, sets me for my day, and I love having that warm cup with me as I am reading my Bible. Now, why do I choose to do my Bible study in the morning? I want to fill my mind with Jesus first thing in the morning. So typically it's something positive. Typically I'm able to really just set an intention for the day based on what I'm reading. And it's helping me to constantly refine myself and try and become a better person. So it's an important thing for me to do first thing in the morning. I have to do that first thing in the morning. After that, I'm doing my workout. So from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., I start with warming up and then I'm getting into my strength training workout. Now I don't do strength training every single day, but at least three days a week during that seven to 8 a.m. time frame, I'm going to be weightlifting. The other four days a week, I, depending on how I feel, I may just go for a walk. I may do some yoga during that time. I may do some, some metabolic conditioning and more of high intensity interval training. But I know at least three days a week, at least Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to be doing strength training. And then Tuesday is hit or miss, depending on how sore I am. But at least I have that time blocked out. And then from 8 a.m. to 8.30 a.m., I'm getting my son ready for the bus. My husband takes my daughter. So I'm getting him ready for the bus. We go outside until his bus comes. And then from 8.30 to 9, I am walking. So I'm getting outside as early as I can in the morning, even in my warm-up for my workout. I'm doing the beginning of that outside. I open my garage door. It doesn't matter how cold it is. I am outside because I know that being outside and getting that morning light in my eyes helps me sleep. That is what sets my circadian rhythm, getting that light in my eyes. It's called light pulsing. And it helps me to produce melatonin that's going to come later in the day to help me actually sleep at that time. So all of these things are important. Plus, it's reducing my stress. Me being out there doing those things reduce my stress. Some other things that I do that reduce my stress during that time is I'll listen to a podcast during my workout or during my walk, or I might be listening to an Audible book where it's a a topic that I'm really wanting to know more about, and so I'm using that time efficiently and wisely. It's also helping me work on that I, that intellectual attraction for me as I'm working on that physical attraction, and all of it is helping my emotional attraction. I promise you that. But 
it's helping me do that. Another thing that I may do some days though, is I may just put Pandora on and sing. Yes, I sing very loud in my gym, in my garage, or even if I'm out on my walk, I will be that crazy person singing. The reason is because singing actually stimulates what's known as the vagus nerve. And I'm going to have a podcast in the future where I talk more about this, but the vagus nerve is a nerve that runs basically from our brain down to our gut. And it helps with when when we activate it. And it can be activated through singing, through breath work, through some different things like that. The one I love the most is singing. And when it's activated, it helps to lower anxiety, to decrease stress. It also stimulates gut health and, and our digestion helps us to digest food later in the day. And so I sing. I love singing. I it, it centers me. It helps ground me. But I also know that it's good for me and for my vagus nerve functioning. So all of this I do every single morning. This is my time and my routine. If I don't have this three-hour routine every morning, my whole day is shot but that's me. This may not be the same for you, but I am so strict about this routine. I don't, I really try to not even check my email or text messages during this first three hours of my day because this is my time. This is my time of day. No one else is going to ask for something from me. No one else is going to get my time or attention other than my son during that 30 minutes where I'm getting him into the bus. Then of course I'm speaking to him and I'll talk to my husband and to my daughter during that time as well, but it's still my time. I've still had two and a half hours before that of my time. And I realize that this might sound very selfish, but this is my boundary. This is what I need to function well the rest of the day to be able to be attentive, loving, and and compassionate towards all the people I meet because I was able to really center and ground myself. I don't even accept phone calls. I won't take a breakfast or any kind of engagement if it means that I'm going to miss this routine. Now, if something was big enough and it was a really great opportunity, I might for one day do it differently, but I will tell you the rest of my day will be shot because this is what grounds me. This is what I have to have. And I encourage you to do something the same. So my husband, his routine is not early in the morning. So just to give you a different perspective, he's going to sleep till eight o'clock. He requires more sleep than I do. He's a much slower goer in the morning than I am. So he's going to be the one who just needs a lot more time. He's not a morning person. So he's going to do his workout and his reading and things like that more in the afternoon because that's what works for him. So you really have to find what works for you and what you need and really understand what it is and why you're doing it. Now, from 9 a.m. to 12, I'm working, and I really try to be intentional here. I'm clear to focus. I know that I am more clear in my mind and can focus better after my workout, after I've walked, after I've been outside, after I've had coffee, all of those things. So I know that I'm starting my work day with my intention straight. I also start with my biggest task. So one other thing that I do is I have something called a full focus planner. And every night, so one of the things I'm actually doing every evening as well that I didn't mention is I'm not only going through and and notating all the things I did that day, but I'm focused on what I need to do tomorrow. So I set my top three 
priorities, right? Ha ha. <laughs> but at least the number one priority and the two sub priorities under that, that I could finish after the first one is done, I'm setting that the day before. So that by the time I sit down at my desk at 9am on Monday, Tuesday, whatever morning it is, I know the number one thing I need to do. And I start with that biggest task. So I really try not to check email still. I'm trying not to check email or phone calls. I might check some text messages after I, after my walk before getting into the office, but that is what I'm doing. I'm starting with my biggest task and I'm really focusing on not multitasking, but just getting things done in those three hours each morning. So even right now, I knew one of the biggest things I had to do today was record this podcast. So it was the first thing that I did when I sat down at my desk. I knew I needed to do it. From 12 to 1, I'm getting my son off the bus. My husband's bringing my daughter home from school and I I'm starting now, this is a new part to my routine, of taking one hour break from work at lunch, eating lunch with my kids, playing outside with them, and and really taking that time to disconnect from work during the middle of the day. And then I go back to work from 1 to around 4.30. I'm finishing work. And I know for me, my clearest focus is in the morning. So I tend to try and do more of my menial tasks in the afternoon, like responding to emails or meetings and different things like that. I also may go outside and take another walk here because I'm trying to get outside, get that sunshine. I know I feel better when that's happening and it still helps me to think clearer, especially in the afternoon. At 4.30 to 5, I'm ending up work, closing it out. And at 5, I'm starting to cook dinner, something that I do with my kids. So I'll typically turn on some music. We'll sing while we're cooking. I try and get them incorporated in it. And then from 5.30 to 6, we're eating dinner and I'm putting my phone away. And that's where we start back at the beginning. But here are some things that I want you to notice that are highlighted in my day. I value sleep. I value exercise and movement, but more than that, I want to have intentional time set aside for my family. Even now, I'm beginning to set that time in my actual calendar so that no other meetings or appointments can be booked from 12 to 1 or from 4.30 on. Now, one of the blessings for me now that I work from home is that even when my kids get home from school, they both get home from school at noon. So even after that, I still am able between meetings or between checking emails with those more menial afternoon tasks, I'm able to go downstairs and at least see them and connect with them for shorter periods of time during the day, which I love. But I really want to be sure that I'm completely focused on them and my husband and not work or my phone or anything else from 12 to 1 and from 4.30 to 5 onward in the evenings. Also on weekends, I'm taking my email off my phone. I don't want to think about work when I'm when I'm at the weekend because I know the weekend is my time to be even more present with my family, with my husband and with my children. So the things that that I say no to, there's a lot of social engagements that I'm going to say no to because for me right now in this season of life, my biggest intention is to spend quality and quantity time with my husband and with my children. So my husband and I, we have a routine to do at least one night a week of date night. We used to do it once every single week until 2020 happened. And I hope we get back into that here in the near future of every Friday or Saturday night being our date night. 
So I'm going to have that time with my husband. It's important and I know I want to have it. But I want to have similar things with my kids. So one of the things I've started this year is to have a date night with my children once a month. So I just take the day of their birthday. My my daughter was born on the 9th. My son was born on the 29th. So just that day every month, I'm putting it on my calendar, date with Boomy or date with Arrow. And I am going to spend time with them. Whether we are just here, whether we leave the house or not, I'm going to spend at least an hour, an hour and a half, maybe even two doing whatever it is they want to do. If they want to get ice cream, if they want to play a game, if they want to go for a hike or go to the park, then that's what I'm going to do with them because I know I need to prioritize time with them. But there are a lot of things I'm saying no to in order to say yes to my family right now. That is a huge thing that's on my list. And all of those other things help me to do that. They help me to be more present. They help me to be more attentive and attuned to my husband and to my children when they need me. The sleep and the exercise and movement, spending time outside. A lot of those times I'm going to try and take my kids outside with me so that they can be playing or riding a bike, even if I'm on a work call or on a meeting. One of the huge things that's not there for me is social media. That's a huge thing that I've said no to. And on September of 2020, I... I got off of social media. We're in February of 2021 now. So I guess that's been six months and I do not miss it. It took so much time away, so much of my attention away from my kids that it's not something I want to be part of my day anymore and not really something I I know that I want to do. I don't know if I'm ever going to really want to go back to that. I think it's a great tool and it's great to connect people. But for me, it was sucking my time that was being taken away from my children and from my husband. And it wasn't worth it for me. Some other tools that I have in my toolbox that I try and do on a more consistent basis is I really try and meditate at least once, maybe even twice a day for 10 minutes each time. I also try and journal and read every single day in order to really help me with that intellectual attraction and really help me to see things from different perspectives. Journaling is a great thing for me, even for my emotional attraction to help me work through my thoughts, my worries, my fears, my exciting things that are happening in life. I love being able to document the things that way. I also will plan days. So even with work, I have themes for each day. I know that Monday is going to be more of a vision day where I'm focusing more on strategy and growth and and just taking time to assess things. Tuesdays are typically my meeting days. I know I'm going to have more meetings on Tuesdays than any other day. Uh, Thursdays, I know are my filming days. So I'm going to be filming YouTube videos and different things then. And Wednesday and Friday are kind of just miscellaneous days where I'm fitting some different things in to those days. Saturday are my hiking and errands days. So I'm going to go for a hike with my family or with a friend on Saturday morning. I also know I'm going to have to do my PhD work on the weekends as well. So I typically will do that Friday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, and then Sunday mornings. And then on Sunday, I know that's meal prep day. So I know that on Saturday, I need to be ordering my groceries or plan what I need to get from the grocery store. And Sunday, I'm getting all that food and I'm meal prepping for the entire week. I also try and do yoga on Sunday as well. So 
these are the things that really just help guide me on what I need to be focused on that day. But I'm also having a ton of free time on my weekends, on Saturdays, and especially on Sundays to spend time with family, to do some fun things, to just relax and not do anything, lay on the couch and read or watch a movie with the kids, whatever that looks like. I also said before that in my monthly routines, I'm once in at least once a month, we're doing date night. Back how I used to do it is at least once a month, I would do a massage. That was a routine for me because it helps with that stress reduction. It also adds in human touch, which is really calming and helpful. Uh, But I also at least once a month do something different. So the kids and I and Rob, my husband, will get in the car and we'll try a new restaurant or we'll go to a different park or a new place to hike or just to a new city that's within a one or two hour drive to explore it and see what's there. Because that's something that is important to me and really helps me just get reinvigorated so that I am fully present in what is very demanding of me during my weeks. And then we try and do some vacations together as a family, one with just me and my husband, one with us and the kids. We try to at least do that one or two times a year so that we can get away, connect as a family, and really have and make great memories. One of the reasons that's so important to me is because I remember my best childhood memories were on family vacations, and we took a lot of family vacations. So those are important to me. And it's important to me that we create that with our children as well, as well as within our marriage. So all of this being said, your life is going to look different. And I realized that because I work from home, I have a little bit more of control of my schedule than maybe some people do. I realized that you you might be listening to that and think, I wish that I had that. I didn't have this years ago. I had to fall in the confines of a work schedule and of having just less time and feeling more frustrated. I've been grateful even when we did have kids, I've been grateful, honestly, that my husband is a stay-at-home dad. And so I realize that having that as a huge help to me, many other people who may be single parents don't have. So you're going to have to create your schedule and your routines based on what is realistic for you, but also what is important to you. There may be some things where you feel like you have to do it, that in reality, you don't have to do it. Or maybe there's some conversations that you just need to have with a boss or your employer that that you feel or fear having because you don't think they would be willing for you to, for example, work remote a couple of days a week or take an hour off for lunch in order for you to go to the gym or have that time. But I would encourage you to at least have those conversations and see what the opportunities are. How can you create more time in your life? in your days, in your weeks, in your months, to really prioritize what is important for you. Your routine is going to look very different for you, and it should, because it is based on what you want your life and your time to look like. You have a different job, you have different desires, you have different responsibilities in your life, but how can you carve out that time and still be intentional selective, and mindful about how you want to spend your time. However you choose to do it, here are some things I want to encourage you to think about putting into your daily and weekly routines. 
The first one is human touch. That might sound strange, but human touch is very important for us, for self-soothing, for growth and emotional reasons. I mean, there's so many things. So if you have people in your house you live with, like children or a husband or a wife, then really focus on how you can connect with them by hugging them, holding their hands, sitting beside them and cuddling with them on the couch as you watch TV. Try and add those things in to your daily and weekly routine. Another one, the second one, is positive connection with others. So what can you do to have uplifting, encouraging conversations with the people in your house or extended family members by either having a phone call weekly? Maybe there's maybe there's a person you decide you want to call each day of the week. Maybe Monday it's your mother. Maybe Tuesday it is an aunt. I mean, whatever it is, how can you create more positive connection with other people in your life? The third one is making time for yourself to think and unwind. I get more pushback on this from mothers than anyone else saying, but I don't have the time. My kids just want, just, they don't let me have time alone. I don't know how to do this. I really want to encourage you to find a way to take at least 30 minutes a day, if not more, for yourself. Even if that means that you need to go to bed earlier and wake up a little bit earlier, or if you're taking 30 minutes locked in your bathroom at two o'clock each day, do something to make time for yourself. The fourth one is sleep. I really encourage you to make sleep a priority in your life because from sleep, we are energized, we are refreshed, we are better able to handle the stresses of our day. The fifth one that I encourage you to put into your routine is some kind of movement, especially if it's outside. You get all of the great benefits of moving around, getting that lactic acid moving in your body, getting your muscles moving, and especially when you're outside, getting that vitamin D. So good for you. The sixth one is make dedicated time in your day to work, whatever your work is, whether it's housework or work where you're out doing things, or even if you're working at home, make time dedicated each day to your work and then shut it off. Try not to work outside of those work hours. And then the seventh thing is I want you to really start thinking about how you can have more time without your phone. Put it down, turn it off, put it away, be present with yourself and with the people who are in your life. So my key pies takeaways from today's episode is to really begin to think, what is the life that you would love to create? And how can you start, even if it's just by starting small, how can you start having aspects of that in your daily life now? What are the things that are important to you? What are the things that are not important to you? And you may even want to start by just being mindful in this next week, thinking, what are the things each day that I love doing, that I feel energized, that I wish I could do more of, or I wish I could do every day? And what are the things that feel draining to me? That, and just first, just list what are the things that feel draining to you? And then you can look back after a week and say, realistically, are there any of those that I actually could go without doing, or that I could delegate, or that I could stop doing? And are there any of those things that I still have to do, but maybe I could do it more efficiently or at least do it a little bit differently? So for me, I was a very late adopter to getting my groceries online. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I would spend two hours every weekend going to the grocery store, going through all the things. And I just, I didn't want to have to deal with ordering them online. But now that I am in that routine of ordering them online, I know when I'm going to do my grocery ordering, I order it. I am thankful that I'm able to get my groceries delivered. So half the time I don't even have to go pick them up at the store. I've saved so much time on that. So just be thinking about that. What are some ways, what are some innovative ways that I can begin to do things differently and spend more time connecting with the people that I love most and connecting with myself and showing myself some more love. I hope that these tips and tactics have been helpful to you for you to see the best way that you can move forward in creating your own routine. And I would love to hear from you. What are some things that you do in your weekly routine that you really love? A routine allows you to create a life you love. Go forth and create that life you love. Well, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. We'll be back next week with an all new episode of It Starts With Attraction. Until then, stay strong.